1: post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Blake Topmeyer is the SEC columnist for the USA Today Sports Network. His podcast SEC Football Unfiltered available each and every week where you can find podcasts on Twitter, on X, at B Topmeyer. Blake, have you ever covered a college team that has to go get a temporary restraining order so that their football coach can coach?
3: (laughs) No, I don't think I have, although... If we think back to uh, Tennessee's NCA situation with Jeremy Pruitt, uh, they were they were uh, enacting every means possible to try to avoid NCA penalty there, including getting uh, who was it, the state attorney general yeah. involved. So things are uh, are kind of jumping the shark here when it when it comes to uh, NCA problems and, and getting uh, you know strange methods involved. I It's guess.
2: it's kind of like the reminder, that, like you know, there's nothing new under the sun. This used to be pretty prevalent, like, in the 70s and the 80s. And the first time I remember it having a comeback, Penny Hardaway got a, a TR, excuse me, James Wiseman. Yeah, got James a, Wiseman. James He's Wiseman a. got a TRO uh, to try and play. Not but just try, he did. Remember, yeah, I was, he, but like he we, went from the courtroom and correct. to the court. Well, there's a sprinter van. They, <laughs> they, they had the sprinter van <laughs> taking them back and forth. But it, it, it's it's kind of nice to see some throwbacks every now and then, you know. As much as college football is changing, sometimes you can just go back to go back to your roots. You don't like a ruling? Just go get the courts involved.
3: Yeah, and, and here's the thing that fascinates me about this one. And I'm I'm driving, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but the but the Big Ten is reportedly instituting this suspension that's being reported of, of Jim Harbaugh. Correct? It's not the, Yes, it's, correct.
2: It's, yes. According yes. to Tham, so the my, only person that we've seen that has it so far is
3: Thamel. Okay, and so my question is. Do we see any world, any world in which uh, Greg Sankey would say, uh, Nick Saban or Kirby Smart, uh, I'm going to sit you down for three weeks. Even though your team's got a chance at the national championship, uh, you're benched for a few weeks. Now, it's important to point out Alabama and and Georgia are not facing these allegations. However, I don't care if they would. I mean, it's laughable to me to think of the idea that, that the SEC would be doing this to a national championship contender. But we know the way the Big Ten is sometimes. It likes to get up on its moral high horse and think it's different from everybody else. And how'd that work out for them in 2020? They thought they were gonna, weren't going to play football, um, and then, then all of a sudden they decided that was a bad idea. Maybe maybe they would play this whole football thing. But this is another case of the Big Ten being the Big Ten is what I think. Well, well
0: here's, here's what's interesting. So it's just Nicole Arbach just reported the Michigan team is still currently flying Going to ha- going to State College, Pennsylvania for the Penn State game, and has not received any communication from the Big Ten Conference office. Which, if all of this is accurate, if Thamel's accurate, if Nicole's accurate, and I have no reason to believe they're not, is Tom, that no? That, that doesn't matter. Is Tom Mars on the plane? Well, but that means they that means they leaked it before even telling Harbaugh that he's suspended.
2: Yeah, but I mean they knew that.
0: I think they knew this was like possible. Yeah, the, that's still that's another like just like kind of it's just like terrible handling of a situation.
2: You gotta so, tell them first before you leak it. I, I want to go back to your point, though, Blake, because one thing that I think is interesting. I agree with you on Sankey right now, but if you think back to right when Sankey took over from Slive, Sankey did not have the political power that he currently, you know, has now. And remember, that was kind of when snitch culture kind of reared its head again. Re- remember, like you had the f- weird like Florida LSU bickering about the hurricane game. That's
3: true. Mississippi yeah.
2: State and Ole Miss was a largely, like that was that was getting back to the roots of snitch culture. I, I think it's a byproduct of a, a brand new commissioner.
3: I think that's part of it. I, I don't know, though. This is a chance to kind of show that, that you're, you're the one in charge here. and Maybe maybe that's what he thinks he's doing by sitting Harbaugh down, but I actually think he's uh, going to the other direction here and, and uh, you know, cowing to pressure. You know, uh, to the other point about like Harbaugh finding out, you know, last I don't, I don't know I've kind of pushed back about that. Like sometimes fired coaches, I think sometimes they find out that they're fired through the media. Like sometimes reporters just got better sources, uh, and, and and they get it to a point before the coach finds out. This, this would not be. You oh, know, I get
0: first... I get that. It's just again, it to me, it's a bad look for the commissioner that he allowed it to happen. Yeah, but like if you're if you're the Michigan
2: side. And you're you're you've been strategizing I all week. I guarantee it'll get brought up in court later today. But I'm saying like you've been strategizing all week. You knew that the possibility was they would leak this while you were on the plane. But I think they're prepared for this. But I want to go back to To the, me it's a
0: total F you. Waiting I, till four o'clock local time where you're playing while you're on the plane? Like that is like intentional by the Big Ten doing well, that. Well
2: I ask you all let's I'll start with Blake. What if if like we've all game theoried this out of what is Michigan gonna do? What if he knows? All right, I announce the suspension. That that makes everyone that's whining and complaining happy. Here,
0: here we go. We got the official announcement now from right. the Big Ten. Uh, the Big Ten Conference announced today that the University of Michigan has been found in violation of the Big Ten sportsmanship policy for conducting an <laughs> impermissible in-person <laughs> scouting operation over multiple years. Resulting in an unfair competitive advantage that compromised the integrity of competition, Um, and then it goes through what the sportsmanship agreement as a penalty imposed on the institution. The university football team must compete without its head football coach for the games remaining in the 2023 regular season, effective immediately. This does that include the championship game? That says regular season, so I've assumed not. What is
2: what is the regular? Does the championship game? Isn't like a? Is it part of the regular season or part of the postseason?
0: doesn't say in this announcement, this disciplinary action shall not preclude the university or its football team from having its head football coach attend practices or other football team activities other than the game activities to which it applies. For clarity, the head football coach shall not be present at the game venue on the dates of the games to which this disciplinary action applies. The big 10 conference will have no additional comment at this time. So to the courtroom, university of Michigan goes the
2: reason why Blake, I bring it up. Like, I've always said just because someone has what the the common man would view as a dream job, don't make the assumption that that person's brilliant. With that being said, like, typically to you've got to be a fairly impressive person from a resume perspective to get these types of gigs. If you're Patelli, is it possible he's just kind of playing politics in that, all right, I announced the suspension – to keep this side of the room happy. But I know Michigan's going to file the restrict the restraining order. He's going to end up coaching. It's the same it, it makes it look like I did the same thing, but I know that the end result is going to be he's still going to be on the sidelines. Like is that like do you buy into like the possibility of like that's a middle ground that he took?
3: Uh, maybe uh, he he would have to be one of the, the the sharper people in in college athletics, and and I maybe don't hold those people in, in, in such high as he is. But
2: remember, he's uh, more of a he's more of a like an, a media guy.
3: Yeah, well then I I hold him in even less. Well, yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I I guess I would find that a little far fetched to think that that he's uh, playing 4D chess here. Um, I mean, ultimately, it, com- it comes
0: down to this: Do we think he's coaching tomorrow? You think we? You think he gets the court? I do. Don't
3: you? I would lean yes. Yeah, I, I would lean yes. But um, I, I do. Uh, I agree with Mark. Like, I-, I don't care how Jim Harbaugh finds out. I mean, he-, he can find out for carrier pigeon. I don't care about that. I, I think the timing of this is. Um, unfair. It's less than 24
2: off. hours from it the is, game.
3: But I think yeah, if you're Michigan,
2: I, that's a good thing because that makes it even... That's going to help in That's going to help getting the restraining order.
3: I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean... We might need somebody on here with a JD for this this segment. Like, I I have a minor in criminal uh, justice that I Mark Mark's, Mark's dad, my father's Mark's an, attorney. Dad's an, attorney. an
0: attorney. That's good enough. But yeah, that's that good counts. Enough. That's good enough. My father's an attorney, so I I know I know enough. No, I'm just kidding.
2: Um, that's no, how no, that's that's our legal that's our legal expertise. Well,
0: <laughs> I will be interesting when they land when Harbaugh gets wind. Like, who who's the person who's telling Harbaugh when the look the plane's landing here? Do so we really bit. think that plane doesn't
2: have Wi-Fi?
0: Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, someone's probably already – they already got an email. Uh, I, or they're on Twitter I, or something. I'm, yeah. I'm
3: willing to bet they know.
0: Okay. Yeah.
3: The restraining order aside, guys, like, what if you just went out there and coached?
2: No, I mean, I, I am actually waiting for someone to finally do that and say, like, what are you going to do about
0: it? Well, they would, they would declare it a forfeit, wouldn't they? If, like, there was no court order
2: stopping them.
3: I mean, is there a rule for that in the rule books that if a suspended coach goes out on the sidelines – it doesn't honor the. You, I would say you've sportsmen. already. Hey, I don't
2: know. According to the Big Ten, you've already violated. You've already violated the sportsmanship policy. What's another violation? It's double jeopardy. I just, just I mean, ultimately, the ultimately, ultimately
0: Michigan's policy. Michigan's best case in this in in today is going to be like, so, the Big Ten determined through evidence that the NCAA has gathered that Michigan viol- did this this in person scouting operation before the NCAA determined they did, even though the NCAA is the one who gathered all the information. I don't see how they're going to be able to, like, justify that in court.
3: Again, that, that, that to me is the upset of this story, is that the Big Ten is the one being the most heavy-handed yeah. on on Michigan. You know, I remember when this first story first, first broke, it was the conspiracy theorist, the tinfoil hat crowd was like, ooh, is the NCAA out to get Jim Harbaugh in Michigan? Like, no. I mean, if something comes to the NCAA's doorstep, they usually investigate. Sometimes the punishment doesn't meet the crime because the NCAA doesn't have a lot of teeth these days. But, like, I I didn't buy that that it was some sort of NCAA witch hunt against Michigan. However, you know, this being turned on its head now and and the big – you know, the the gears of justice in the NCAA, we know, grind so slowly. So – the fact that the Big Ten is sprinting to get to the head of the line and suspend the coach uh, of its number three team in the nation, again, I just I don't see this being a story that would uh, that would happen right now in in, in the SEC with Greg Sankey uh, or really maybe at any other conference. Like this, this seems like a uniquely Big Ten story that I don't see as an NCAA witch hunt. I do see as uh, the
0: Big Ten being the Big Ten. Uh, by the way, the, there's a popular – people are retweeting the uh, the uh, William Wallace speech from mm. Braveheart, all yes. the Michigan fans yes. on, that I
2: follow on, on social way, media. M- it's war. Michigan's it's time for war. Michigan Twitter apparently – like. I feel like FSU Twitter is no longer like – they're not at the peak of their powers anymore, which is ironic to me because I think they're better than they've been when they were at the peak of their powers. But it feels like Michigan Twitter right now is really taking up the mantra of, like, the most insufferable fan base online. (laughs) Listen, listen, we're in crisis mode, Jeffrey. I mean, come on. It is, like, honestly. We've been thrown into battle by one of our allies. Like, I legitimately, first off, I do think this is, without a doubt, one of the funniest, like, stories I can remember covering sports. Like, this story is laugh out loud funny to me. Connor Stallions is a character, like... Finding out that he represented himself in court against a homeowners association. Well, and now just the
0: very fact that we are going to have a court hearing less than 24 hours before the, like, the
2: biggest game of the weekend but in college football. You know what my favorite part of the story is, uh, Blake? It's Michigan having to accept that they're honestly no different than an SEC program. Like, this is exactly yeah. how an SEC program would respond. many
0: of my friends That's have said, wouldn't it be better for us in the SEC? Like, they've talked about leaving the Big Ten over this. Oh, uh-
1: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without autopay pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
2: Blake, Mark's group chat started their own conference.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're recruiting yeah, we got help. we got USC, UCLA, Notre Dame, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and as my friend put and we'll get a Texas school of some
2: sort. G- it's just for geographical. Like
0: yeah. fill it out.
3: Maybe SMU. Maybe you can get them in. (laughs) Uh, Help help finance. Help jumpstart. Help jumpstart the uh,
2: (laughs) –
0: They're familiar.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Help jumpstart our startup.
2: Um,
3: It is a uniquely college football story, guys. I mean, the fact
2: that this starts (laughs) – Let's be real. It probably starts because Ryan Day lost twice in a row to Michigan. Let's be real. Like, that's probably why it started.
3: Well, and and the fact that Connor Stallions. You know, someone of that ilk would even have any sort of influence over Correct. The football. Correct. Be on a
2: sideline. Uh, yes.
3: Yeah, it's just, but but you know, that there's a. I'm not saying everybody out there is cheating in the way that Michigan is alleged to be doing it, but there is some version of a Connor Stallions on like 80% of college football staffs in America, and I might be under. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd go higher. <laughs> yeah. some, like some plays I mean, I mean, fan whoever?
2: who got a job. Here's here's how you find the Connor Stallions. Find the GA that didn't play. That's the guy that has to like, like he has to do whatever he can. The fact that he even got to a GA Correct. job means like, he, like and was he insane. has insane. Like he's had to do unspeakable <laughs> things just to make seventeen grand a year.
3: Yeah, I mean this one really does rise to the level of uh, you know Jerry Pruitt serving as his own bag man uh, <laughs> in, the Tennessee, in the Tennessee scandal and 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 his his. Uh, his lead hitchman Brian Niedermeyer, sharing his bank account with his parents. Uh, <laughs> they didn't like my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it really, it is, again, a uniquely college football story. Uh, man, I just, just when I think I couldn't love this sport anymore. This sport's the best. We get ourselves the Connor Stallion story. Yeah. Well,
0: And now, to top it all off, let's say Michigan wins the Big Ten Championship, the commission has to hand the, we could get a, we could get one of the great trophy handoffs
2: of all time. Well, also, Blake, we got – think about this. That's the other great thing about this story. We got the reemergence of the Jim McElwain, not Jim McElwain, the shark picture. We <laughs> that, get through, that one came back up. That was a good 48 hours for laughter. When I like that Central Michigan still has yet to determine they, officially they, if that was Connor they, Stallion's they not, on the sidelines. There's, side there's been no comment whatsoever. But the, the other thing that I've absolutely loved about this story is the biggest group of sore losers on the entire planet – is college football coaches like no one pr- no one practices what they preach quite like college football coaches in general and watching them do this sanctimonious like hypocritical of everyone coming out and like acting like that they're so they're just so offended when in reality they're all doing the same thing like it's just been the most delicious story i, I can remember
3: here here's another thing i think about um if Jim Harbaugh was more universally supported by his own university, by the brass from the top down there, would he be up against it as much as he is here? Because, um, you know, just following along with some of the reporting and, and, the, and the way Jim Harbaugh has been kind of this aloof, uh, combative sort with people inside his own, his own ranks, there at, at Michigan over the last few years. And, and you know, wonder,
2: interviewing for every NFL job that comes open.
3: Exactly. Like, you know, if, if that wasn't the case, again, would he be left in the situation he did here? I mean, you know, somehow Harbaugh is left with, like, no friends in this situation. Well, I do
0: think that the university president at Michigan has, like, apparently Harbaugh and Ward-Manuel, the AD, are sideways. They've been for a while. Right. No way! Um, but, and the university president is apparently just very gung ho. Like he's the one spearheading all of this for Michigan. Um, and so, uh, it. I will say this: I don't think a pre the previous two presidents at the University of Michigan would not have done this. Like they would have taken this three. Like there would be no which, going to court.
2: Which tells you all the money's behind Harbaugh.
0: Yes. Um. And so, it'll be interesting. There's also other games this weekend, and you you are driving to one of them. I assume. Uh, Blake, Tennessee in particular has a rather big one against Missouri. Um, we've also got Georgia Ole Miss. I don't know which one you're headed to, but what do you make of the two big SEC games this weekend?
3: Yeah, so I'll be at uh, Ole Miss, Georgia. Tennessee, from a Tennessee lens, like, I-, I think this really shapes the narrative of their season. Like If, if they lose at Missouri, finish 8-4, and go to like the Gator Bowl or, or, or whatever. What did they really achieve this year? Tax. Like they, they bl- beat- Blake, Blake, please.
2: The Tax, Tax Slayer Bowl. Come on.
3: Yeah, I, I refuse to go down that road.
2: I don't even know what uh, – what's the what's the Outback Bowl called now? I think it's like uh, oh, yeah, That Quest. That like, one is really that,
0: disappointing. That one hurt. Like, it's not – like, come on. Because Outback Bowl was one of the few sponsored bowls where
2: you're like, eh, that kind of makes sense. I like this the, name. It's the Big Ten team wins. You get the, the – whatever, the barbecue. The, the, the coconut bloom and Onion. Well, like, one, you get Bloomin' Onion or you get the Coconut Shrimp based it, on the winner.
0: It is the Relia Quest Bowl. There we go, yeah. But, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey,
3: I mean – yeah, uh, yeah. Until those corporate sponsors start putting money into my pocket, uh, I'm gonna call them by the uh, the old school bowl names. But uh, you know, if, if Tennessee goes eight and four, and their their best line on their resume is like beating Texas A&M at home, which you know who hasn't beat Texas A&M this year, and, and beating Kentucky on the road, like this becomes a very forgettable season for the Vols. Like if 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 they if they can win in Columbia, get to nine and three, and go to like the Citrus Bowl. Or something. I'm not saying anybody in Knoxville is gonna be throwing parades for the Citrus Bowl, but I think you can get behind a nine and three season, and it's easy to sell the narrative that like this is positive momentum still. The Nico era is coming around the corner. Nico looked good in a small sample size against a terrible UConn team last week. Um, so I really think this is a big narrative game for Tennessee, and to a certain extent for Missouri uh, as well. Like Missouri's got a shot at a ten and two season, which is you know that's that's a pretty big deal. In, in Columbia, but you got to get through Tennessee to get there. So, big game for each of those programs. But then, you know, with, with Ole Miss and Kiffin, this would be a legacy victory for him if he could pull it off. It, it could derail Georgia's playoff chances. Like, I think everybody assumes if Georgia goes 12 and 1 with a loss to Ole Miss, they would be in the playoff. I don't know that I'm there. I mean, I think they'd have a shot, depending on what happens elsewhere. But I'm not ready to pencil them into the playoff at 12-1 and with a home loss to Ole Miss. So, yeah, big game for each side. Big game for Georgia's 3-P chances. And for Lane, like I said, this would be a, a legacy moment. It would be Ole Miss's biggest road win since uh, they won in Tuscaloosa, I believe it was 2014. The 15. Time he, yeah, 15, yeah, when you he, when he won there, back-to-back back years.
2: yeah. I'm having a tough time getting there. Oh, I am too. Like I just think I think this is gonna be kind. Of, I think Ole Miss.
0: This game. But Lane's Lane's not. He's he's more relaxed this time. He, he, he said he's he was doing, a
2: little. He, he said he was a little too uptight going into a, the Alabama been game. Been effusive in the praise of Kirby. Like he's, he's he's it's it's no bulletin board material. I don't know, but like this game just feels to me exactly like when Tennessee went to Georgia last year.
3: Yeah, that sounds about right. A couple things. One. If you have to insist as hard as Lane has that you're you're relaxed, probably means you aren't relaxed. <laughs> uh, but two, yeah, I mean, I think the idea of Georgia losing at home, I've just I've always found it hard to to believe that that's going to happen with this team. If they stumble somewhere, I think it's probably going to be in Atlanta. I also think it could be next week at, at Meanland, which is going to be an incredibly hostile uh, environment. So, you know, Ole Miss might be the best. Team they face during the regular season, but Sanford Stadium at night, you know, I know Sanford doesn't have the reputation of being, like, the toughest venue in the SEC, but still, Georgia hasn't lost there since 2019, you know, during this streak of, of dominance they've, they've had. They've been incredibly tough at home. Uh, I think that's a good comparison, uh, you know, looking back on what happened to Tennessee last year. Like, it was just a two-touchdown game but there was never really at any point that you thought Georgia was ever in any danger. They dominated the game more than the scoreboard indicated. I could see that, you know, playing out in similar fashion on, on Saturday. You know, a game where Georgia dominates, even if they only win maybe by, by 14 points. And, and the games this season where Georgia's heard all week, like, oh, might be on upset alert here. I mean, they've just crushed their opponent. You know, back before we found out Kentucky was a mediocre team and, and UK was top 25, um, they, they just they just stole Kentucky's lunch money and, and sent them home with their tail between their legs. Uh, and then, you know, it seemed like Florida was like strangely getting a chance of, of upsetting Georgia and, and Jacksonville, and that was just an utter beatdown. So, yeah, in the biggest moments, Georgia looks its best. I, I think they I think they come to play Saturday night. It, it would be it would be the most interesting thing to happen on the field this season if Ole Miss does pull the stunner, but no, I don't see it happening. You
2: know, I know they didn't get a ton of credit for it. I was impressed with what Georgia did last week because I thought Missouri played really well. Like, Missouri made plays that I didn't think they were going to make on Georgia, and Georgia still largely controlled the game. Like, I I, I kind of found myself getting... I was more impressed than I... It feels like... I've told Mark this. It feels like so much of how we think somebody played on a given day is determined whether or not they covered. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. Ge- Georgia didn't cover that line, but I still, like, given how well I thought Missouri played, like, I I tip my cap to Georgia on that one.
3: Yeah, I really came away uh, impressed with both teams. Like, I I looked at Missouri and thought, uh, okay, I've been thinking for weeks this is a a good team, particularly in this iteration of the SEC, which is, you know, not an all-time best moment for the conference. I I think this is a a good team in the SEC. I still think Missouri is a good team you know, even after that loss. And, and for Georgia to beat a good team that put, you know, pretty good foot forward, Missouri did, in Athens, I I came out thinking, okay, I, I feel pretty good about Georgia coming out of this. So, yeah, it's one of those strange games yeah. where I think I felt better about both teams. And actually, um, a comparison to that would be a couple weeks ago when Tennessee went to Lexington and won. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that was maybe, con- even in defeat, it was one of Kentucky's best performances of the season, uh, and then we saw them, you know, follow it up. And and for Tennessee too, I thought big moment, big win. So it was, it was a strange game where where both teams kind of impressed me.
2: Blake, safe travels, buddy. Thanks, Blake. Okay. Thanks, guys. Blake Topmeyer, SEC columnist for the USA Today Remember. Sports
0: Network. All the letters and like evidence is starting to like now filter out. It's going to send me down a rabbit. Well, it's not leaks. I think it's just all out there now, and it's like. You know all the, ju- the basically the justification the Big Ten used to do this with to Harbaugh, and uh, it's going to send me down a rabbit hole. I got a lot of reading ahead of me.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.